This is Asasi Podcast, enabled by Asasi Radio. The following presentation was previously aired on Asasi Radio. But we will be having a conversation with the uh, CEO of the Ghana uh, Boundary Commission, Brigadier General Emmanuel Kotia. Now, it can be very expensive paying for the healthcare bills of uh, family members and people you love and care about, especially out of pocket at a time uh, when such expenditures hit. Now, Nationwide Medical Insurance is happy to provide the healthcare needs of the ones you love, the ones you value, and they don't have to pay cash whenever they need that uh, health cover. And uh, they're equipped to cater for the medical needs of you, your family and employees. You can call 0800-222-222 or visit nationwidemh.com to easily sign up or renew uh, your nationwide medical insurance policy. Nationwide uh, health insurance. Your health is worth protecting. And Tabia Herbal has the following herbal medicines to improve your health. The Tabia Zanaka Herbal Mixture for general well-being. It boosts your immune system and aids in fighting all viruses and bacteria. As well as the Tabia Herbal Capsules, which cleanses and detoxifies your body. And they also have the Tabia Herbal Mixture for the treatment of severe malaria fever, general body pain, loss of appetite, and all forms of fever. All of these are available in leading pharmaceutical uh, and herbal shops across the country. You can contact Tabia Herbal on 0243-686-861 or 0245-799-206. Tabia Herbal and Zanacare Mixture, Wunsu Numbi. Caution not recommended for pregnant women, lactating mothers and children under the age of 12. So, ago, Missy ago, it's time for us to bring you Asasia's beef. Every now and then, we are reminded by how venal and heartless some members are of the society in which we live, uh, or how venal and heartless some people in the society in which we live can be. So a report goes out on the radio bringing shocking news of a child killing, or newspapers relay horrifying accounts of communal violence as rival groups play out ancient hurts and rivalries, Or, as is more commonly the case nowadays, a clip pops up on social media showing a man with half his skin missing after an attempt to steal live electric wires and sell them for scrap. But even more worrying than this are the daily reminders you get if you are unfortunate enough to live in one of our larger conurbations of how all too often, even if you are paying for a service, the service is given grudgingly. We spoke about this the other day on the Asasa Breakfast Show in relation to tourism and the problems that are posed by service provision in that particular area of our life. There's a kind of resentment at work in our dealings with each other that you'll find in many other countries, but which some Ghanaians seem to have honed and turned into a fine art. It is most keenly felt in the so-called posher parts of our cities when you are someone with whom you are making a financial arrangement, 
so I've come to your tabletop cabinet emporium to buy fried yam, for instance, to meet their part of the bargain in what you would think is the normal way. The fried yam seller looks you up and down. She doesn't like the look of you. You are too short, tall, fat, thin, relaxed, harassed looking, fat and contented, hungry looking. You are too demanding, too insistent on buying your yam and going. She doesn't like the sound or smell of you either. And she was busy gossiping with a groundnut seller with a pitch next to hers when you walked up and interrupted their sweet conversation. So she pretends she can't hear what you said, misinterprets your order, uses that as an excuse to get cross when you point out the error in the hope of picking some kind of fight, clearly she thinks, and tries to sell you the smallest possible portion of yam that she can. Oh, bon dog, how dare you interrupt her afternoon? I took a ride in a cab not so long ago with a driver who changed his mind about the job three minutes into the trip. I think because I took a phone call from one of my aunts and clearly he didn't like the sound of my voice as I spoke with her. We were near the turning into a major road that we had to cross to hit the street that would take me into work. He picked up his phone, pretended to have a pressing conversation with a family member about some business or other, and then, barely bothering to make himself heard, said... I have some job to do for my uncle. I'll drop you at the corner and you can call another driver from there. It was a bold statement of what was about to happen. Not a question or a request. When I explained that I appreciated maybe he had an emergency, but that, that I also needed to get into work pretty quickly. So would he please drop me off outside a major supermarket nearby on the intersection to the left? where it would be easier to get another ride, he said nothing. We got to the junction, he turned right, screeched to a halt after about a hundred meters as I started to ask, but why did you? And told me to get out. Needless to say, listeners, a screaming match ensued. I made sure, though, that I got to the shop on the left, where it would be easier to get the follow-on ride. Last night, courtesy of someone I greatly admire, Mary Chinri Hesse, the Chancellor of the University of Ghana, I attended a thought-provoking lecture in town by Professor Abna Udru on women, development, inclusion and economic and political sustainability. Heavy stuff. And on my way back, I got a cab back home. The cabbie got to the intersection and shouted across the road to the soft drink seller, Hey! Oh, a tampico orange nubi! And I'm in five cities! And then sneaked a peek over his shoulder to see if I was listening. I pretended I wasn't. He then proceeded to chomp loudly on his tampico, got bored with the driving, started talking on his phone rather loudly, which carried on for at least another 20 minutes to the end of our ride. When he got to our destination, he screeched to a halt, and as he turned away, he threw a plastic bottle, his, his soft drink wrapper, and his soft uh, food container, shall we put it that way, out of the window as parting gifts as he toddled off down the road. Service, who needs it? 
With that kind of attitude, I certainly don't. Okay. We shall not fall to the temptation of Thursday mornings. It's 34 minutes past eight on the Assassin Breakfast Show. And uh, we're going to go into our uh, big conversation in a moment. Uh, but, Nanaya, you know, when I played the voices of the cross-section of students that we got to speak to uh, at KNUSD, something struck me. Some of them had the money. Uh, the other guy there, he says, oh, uh, I, I used it to do one or two things. Uh, I haven't even told my parents about it. So I'm begging for some extra time to be able to, you know, basically mop up. Mop up? Uh, I thought that when you get to the university by then, uh, you have been far more formed uh, than most of us. Uh, well, you know, I think uh, common sense and, uh, uh, if you like, uh, and, and straightforwardness aren't necessarily a function of education. In the same way as service is not necessarily a function of the person providing the service, however you know, loudly they're advertising that service. I, I, like, I like some chief phrases. Um, and, and it's actually a phrase that's from a passage in the Bible. That's the summary of what you just said. No. Mm, yes. No. That is It's thirty-six minutes past eight on the Assassin Breakfast Show. I would like to welcome uh, Brigadier General. Sorry. Okay. Um, just give me a second. Seven minutes past eight. I've just had to do 20 press-ups in my mind. Uh, I'm sure I'll do that after the show. Uh, so we have Major General Emmanuel Kotia in the studio with us this morning. Hey, so how could I have got this so wrong? Uh, when the promotion happened, I reached out and congratulated him. And then now I'm getting it wrong. Major General, I'm going to change it on my phone so that... It's uh, corrected in my memory. But thank you so much uh, for making time to join us. I, I owe you big time. Uh, welcome. Thank you very much, Nisha. Uh, how have you been? Oh, very well. And uh, uh, we've been working. And, I know. Uh, so Wilberforce told me about uh, the, the trip the last time. Yes. Uh, but prior to that, you had done quite a number of them. Yes. We were supposed to go to Dollar Power together. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately... Um, the aircraft that we we're going to use from Dollar Power had a problem, and then right. the aircraft that we decided to use from Accra Direct also had a problem on the way, tanker problem. So, we, oh, so you had to so return. we are rescheduling it to the 4th to 5th May. Ah, okay, so that, that's gonna happen soon. Uh, but you know, I never would have thought that boundaries would ever be an issue until the uh Ghana Cote d'Ivoire 
um, you know, boundary dispute happened because um, you would have thought that, you know, we have the maps. When you look at it, the lines are clear. Uh, but I just realized that if people can borrow some two feet of somebody's land when they're building, it's possible that there might be boundary issues. Um, largely, these are things that happen under the radar. And today I'm hoping that you can help us bring to light some of the uh, issues around our border, um, you know, demarcation. Uh, and then, you know, what this means for us as Ghanaians and, and what the Ghana Boundary Commission has been up to. Uh, I know you've been working very hard, so uh, congratulations. And um, again, welcome. Thank you. So uh, we're going to start off uh, with a story uh, that I think was in the papers earlier this week, I think about a couple of days ago, where the Ghana-Togo Boundary demarcation work will be completed uh, in May. If I, my memory serves me right, there was a lot of work sometime in uh, either September or it was in September of last year. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, where the two countries had, um, you know, the various officials uh, meeting. It was more than a week here in Accra. Um, how was that discussion resolved? First of all, what was the issue that led to those series of meetings and how was it resolved? Okay, first of all, Good morning to your discerning listeners. First of all, let me put this in perspective. The Ghana Boundary Commission was established by Act 795, 2010. Earlier on, uh, there were a number of um, measures that were put in place to establish since 1970. Um, though the act establishing it was put in place in 2010, the commission became only operational the beginning of last year right when i was appointed as the chief executive of the commission now in perspective boundaries are very important now as a teacher in international politics if you look at the characteristics of a state one of the key characteristics of a state is that the state must have a territory mm. now how do you define a territory if you don't have boundaries you cannot define a territory okay now if you don't even have boundaries, it means that you cannot even have the security agencies even having deployed to uh, uh, take control or protect your boundaries or your territory mm. for you. So that is how important boundaries are and how important the Ghana Boundary Commission is. Now, having said that, uh, there have been a number of uh, issues because one of the key responsibilities or tasks of the Ghana Boundary Commission is to amicably settled disputes with a neighboring country. Mm -hmm. Now, as you know, Ghana by land shares boundary with Togo to the east, mm -hmm. Burkina Faso to the north, and then uh, La Côte d'Ivoire to, to the, the west. west. Now, on the maritime boundary, to the west, we have Côte d'Ivoire. But to the east, we share boundary with Togo, Benin, and Nigeria. That's that is, interesting. That's very interesting. How is that possible? It's possible because of the way the international maritime boundary line is drawn. Mm. And uh, as, a, as a result of that, we have boundary the way it is. We have boundary with Togo up to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And then we have with Benin. And then we have about ten, 8 to 10 nautical miles with um, um, Nigeria. Nigeria. Wow. So we've had talks with Nigeria. The National Boundary Commission of Nigeria invited us to Nigeria. We had discussions with them. We've met with Togo. 
indeed the togoli situation is different because they have two bound uh, do, do two commissions that deal with land separately and maritime separately okay. of course they are now trying to make them okay and uh, like every coast or Cote d'Ivoire came to ghana here for a meeting of mm-hmm. us uh, just for us to continue discussion based on the mandate. And let me say that the mandate is also under the African Union Boundary Program Border Strategy. Okay. Having said that also, it's important for me to emphasize on the question that you asked. Ghana and Togo in two dimensions, we've been holding talks in two dim- uh, on two dimensions. First, on our land boundary issues. We do not have a dispute with Togo on our land boundary issues. However, there are some challenges okay. and issues that crop up on daily basis or on monthly basis or annual basis. Now, when this happens, the most important thing is for the two boundary communities to meet probably at the spot to see how they can resolve it using legacy documents, mm. using boundary pillars on the ground. The work is very tedious, but we're able to do it. And we between Ghana and Togo on the land boundary, We've been able to settle quite a number of disputes mm. uh, 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 between the two boundary commissions, and okay. which has facilitated a lot of cooperation between the two countries. Mm-hmm. The key thing that is ongoing now is the maritime boundary dispute between Ghana and Togo. Okay. In which the two presidents have decided that the two commissions should negotiate. And currently, we are negotiating. Okay. One of the first achievements that we, 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 we've, we've been able to cross is the establishment of a land boundary terminus, mm. which terminates into the sea. Currently, we are still in negotiations on the delimitation. Mm. We are hoping that by June, we should be able to make a breakthrough. Let's note that this might be the first time in the history and globally that Two countries have decided to negotiate on their own. Without resorting to the, 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 the law. Like of course, and this yeah. is also encouraged by the uh, by the UNCLOS. Right. So this this is a good thing, but it didn't come easy. Um, what was the process for the negotiation? What what in this particular case, um, who was the one who felt slighted or felt that they needed to have more? Uh, let me mention that because the negotiations are going on, ah. I have to be restricted in some of the information that I That you put out. out, that's right. Yeah, so uh, otherwise to compromise the negotiation. But the key thing is that we're negotiating, things are going on well, and we're hoping to make a breakthrough by June this year. Okay. Now, the um, I'd like us to go to the dollar power situation. I mean, this is a big deal because... Um, it's a place that um, maybe about six or so years ago, um, my former colleague, Kwete Nate at uh, Multimedia Group, uh, did some undercover work. And um, that stuck with me that, you know, this was a bit of land between Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana. Um, and there were people living there sparse. It was difficult to get there. Uh, there were sometimes conflicts between the Ghanaians and the Ivorians, uh, because of there was also some galamse and things going on over there. Um, what has become of dollar power? Has there been some improvement in the boundary dispute in that particular area? Dollar power is a very interesting uh, place. Now, dollar power is within Ghana, mm-hmm. and just 
by the Ivorian border. However, the place is quite um, isolated, but very rich in surface rock gold. Mm. So you just dig a little bit. When you get to the rock, you get a lot of gold. So that has attracted quite a number of people into uh, that area. Now, as a result of that, quite a number of people have migrated into dollar power to do a lot of illegal mining mm. in that area. And that's even ended up destroying our forest reserve in that area. That area okay. Now, what attracted us to dollar power in general last year was that as a result of these illegal activities, illegal mining activity that was going on, where there were reports that the international boundary pillars were being removed. Oh, wow. And then thick plantations that were used to reinforce the international boundary pillars were also being removed. So we had to go there to see how best we can resolve this issue. Now, unfortunately, around that time, the National Boundary Commission of Africa was not as effective as it is now. Okay. So we were able to complain to through the various channels to the Avori authorities about what was happening there. Now, for, as of today, the National Boundary Commission of Africa has come on board and we have started meetings at Dollar Power. We're going to continue this meeting in LA May. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find a resolution to the... Remember that even if a boundary pillar is removed, it is the responsibility for both countries to rebuild that boundary pillar. Okay. Because that boundary pillar serves the other country and our country. You cannot do that alone. And that is the that that is how it's supposed to work. So demarcation, redemarcations, mm -hmm. reaffirmations of international boundary lines are down with the two countries, and we need to collaborate to do this. So we have agreed in principle. We had a meeting with the Ivorians in Ghana. Mm -hmm. We've agreed in principle that so far land boundary issues are concerned, we are going to have a, a, a technical committee, joint technical committee, which will be made of representatives from both countries, mm -hmm. who would examine all the issues and we will start reconstructing the boundary pillars. Right. Just like what we have started in Togo now, mm -hmm. uh, on the Ghana-Togo site, on the land boundary now. Now, so that is what we want to do. Now, Africa's has two dimensions. You remember the maritime boundary issue also. That's right. Now, that are, the ruling has come out, the Ivorians have accepted, but what we now doing with the Ivorian Boundary Commission is to come out with a framework of cooperation on how to implement that uh, ruling. Okay. Of course, the, uh, there's no doubt that the ruling favored us and the Avorians do not reject it. But then we need to follow up. We need to have a framework where we follow up. And that is our responsibility. And we're doing that with the Avorians. Okay. We're setting up another technical committee on maritime, mm -hmm. joint technical committee on maritime. That will do that follow up. Okay. But we need, first of all, to get a framework mm. in that dimension. Uh, generally, I mean, we're bordered by three countries, as you rightly put. Uh, there's Burkina Faso. Mm. Um, has there been any issues with Burkina Faso? And, and what is it? What, what's the situation now, that especially after the coup d'etat uh, that they had recently? Let me mention that with our maritime land boundary line with uh, Burkina Faso, we don't have many issues. Okay. Apart from encroachment and uh, disturbances at the no man's land. Mm -hmm. However, we have met the Burkina Faso Boundary Commission and uh, we have come up with a, a plan of action 
to resolve it. Unfortunately, we had a school, so there has been a stalemate so far as uh, the discussions and collaboration is concerned. We are hoping that we should be able to revive this as soon as possible so that we'll continue with these discussions. But there are no major problems so far as disputes or challenges, mm -hmm. major challenges as compared to the Togo side and the uh, Avorian side. Now, it's a very long stretch, um, but if Dollar Power had not, you know, have, didn't have any um, mineral wealth, w would that be something that would be high on the agenda of, of, of the Boundary Commission per se? Because along the stretch on both sides, it's likely that there are some areas that are far removed um, how do we ensure that these areas along our borders uh, or the boundaries between us and our neighbors are manned so that, of course, the, 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 the region is unstable, as some, some people will call it, uh, unstable because of recent uh, incidents of uh, terrorism, uh, coup d'etats and other things. Now, these are things that make everybody, as, as the adage goes, if your next door neighbor's house is on fire, uh, you fetch some water and prepare uh, for your turn to, to douse it. What are we doing to ensure that the porous, this, the description of a porous border uh, around Ghana is something that's dealt with? So kind of like have a, a, a finger on the pulse on everything. Yeah, per the Ghana Boundary Commission mandate, we are responsible to ensure that our maritime our land, maritime, air boundaries are uh, secured. Mm -hmm. Now, that is key. The security aspect is left to other organizations. However, we collaborate with them. If okay. there are issues, they also collaborate with us when there are issues that, where there are cross-cutting issues. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's important for me to mention that as part of our five-year strategic plan of the Ghana Boundary Commission, mm -hmm. we are supposed to do an audit of all boundary pillars in the country. Okay. So it is not necessary, but currently what we're doing is that where there are challenges or there are issues, we target those areas and resolve those issues. At the same time, we have a plan to audit all land boundaries and also reaffirm maritime boundaries. Uh, maritime boundaries. Now, let me mention that as part of our the five-year strategic plan that we have, we and the Ghana Navy, we're going to collaborate from this year. Okay. Uh, to go into sea with drones, with maritime drones, to once in a while inspect whether anybody is interfering to our maritime boundaries. And that is going to start very soon in collaboration even with the other countries. Okay. So they will be informed and the Ghana Navy is going to give us that support. So we are acquiring those drones to be able to, to do that because the, the sea is a very long stretch. And uh, sometimes there are certain people who can even go beyond your maritime boundary, doing a lot of things that you might not detect. But it's our responsibility to ensure that that is not that. So we're going to collaborate with the Ghana Navy to do that. All right. If you just tuned in, you're listening to this Assy Breakfast Show, and uh, we're having a conversation with the CEO of the Ghana uh, Boundary Commission, Major General Emmanuel Kotia. And uh, it's an intriguing thing as soon as you started talking about the sea. I mean, I've never been on the sea. I have seen the sea from the window of an airplane. And it's a vast expanse. How do you even imagine and possibly mark out a territory that then belongs to you? Because every time, I think, uh, and I have, you could bear me out, uh, I think there's an issue with is America and Japan of Okinawa and uh, China. Uh, you know, you know, everybody's like, this space in the sea is mine. Hmm. 
please help help us understand how that can that is very technical but it's not a problem because you need city instruments to be able to do that so we have a soviet limitation department under the right. Boundary commission who have the necessary drones their various the necessary instruments to do that however because it's a domain the maritime domain is wide as mm -hmm. you have mentioned we need the support of the Ghana Navy. We need the support of the Ghana Air Force mm -hmm. as well in, in doing, in taking those exercises. So we've been collaborating very well in these issues. Indeed, we collaborate with the Ghana forces in a lot of things, like on the land boundaries, we normally would require the support of the Ghana Army on the ground to mm -hmm. support us. Like going to Dollar Power is a very dangerous place. Mm -hmm. You need the Ghana Army to support you. They will, they will deploy much earlier because Dollar Power is inaccessible by road. You can only go by heli and move around by motorbikes. So going to inspect... The boundary pillars, we go there by motorbikes. Wow. So that is the situation we found ourselves. And we've been moving a lot. We've been going around the countryside a lot. And we've seen a lot. Any place that I can tell you that any place that we go, we come off a revelation so far our boundary issues are concerned. What are some of the things you've discovered? Um, if, if it's not classified, you can Let me mention that some of them might be of uh, high security nature. But then, of course, one of our responsibilities as a boundary commission is also to also assist and as part of the African Union border strategy program That's right. to assist the, to assist the prior communities so where we go in and realize that those communities don't have access roads to the border it's even our interest for us to have access roads to the border so that security forces security agencies can be able to patrol along there we make a case so i can tell you that as of now the minister of roads has intervened based on our reports to construct Route from Sapelga to the border area in Upper East Region, okay. and then the Dollar Power Road from Bali. Wow. Which, yes, so that is going to be a breakthrough if that is done. And uh, the Minister of Lands and Natural Resources, which is my supervising minister, is supporting in that mm. uh, uh, initiative. Thank you for listening to Asasi Podcast. Follow Asasi Radio on Twitter at Asasi Radio 995 or share your feedback via feedback at asasiradio.com.